You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Here he comes, Dr. John T. Amen. Amen. Can I get a good amen? Amen. There you go. Today, today I got some in, informational for you and something quite distinct from what I usually do. But I was turned on turned on to this by uh, something I saw in Branson. Miss Ann and I went to a play in Branson at a, a big theater that they have called Sight and Sound. We saw Moses depicted. We saw. Jonah depicted and Noah de- depicted, but this Samson was a- amazing. It's called Samson. All it was called about him. I looked through this, watched that, that whole play, and I, and I saw a lot in it. But it made me go back to the word and dig. I've been digging all week. I found out something that, that religion has messed up about this story. Of course, as I do with every story, just about. Outside of Judges, thir- 13 through 16, four, four, four chapters there, Samson's only mentioned one other time in the Bible. Anybody know where that is? Hebrews 11. Yeah. Let's turn to Hebrews 11.32. Hebrews 11.32. I want you to see what God says about he- about Gideon, about about Samson and Gideon and Barak and all those other guys. These were all judges. Eleven thirty-two Hebrews. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, Barak, and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of the lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead to raise to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. I looked through this, t- this list and I saw... I saw Eleven things there. I numbered them in my Bible. Eleven things. I said these heroes did. Eight of them were in Samson's life. Samson subdued a kingdom. He wrought righteousness. He obtained promises. He stopped the mouth of the lion. He escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness was made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. And was tortured to not accepting deliverance. All that he did. Samson did all that. Are you listening to me? Religion puts religion puts his story like this. Here's what, here's what I've always heard this about religion. I've heard so many sermons on, on Samson, but none of them are any good. They said this: sin will take you farther than than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to, than you can afford to pay. Always about Samson. They talk about they, they said those three things about him. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you can afford to pay. Maybe true. That's maybe true about sin. I believe it is true about sin, but it's not. That's not all. That's not all there was to Sam, Samson's life. Samson, in fact, Samson is not only a cautionary tale. You know what a cautionary tale is? The tale your parents told you so you'd be awake and aware that it can go wrong. You know. Samson is not only a cautionary tale. In fact, Samson looks more like Jesus than he looks rebellious. Yeah. I'm going to prove that to you today. Ready? Yeah. It's just one more thing religion has gotten wrong. But out of this, I found eight things that, are, that really apply to us out of this Samson's life and how it parallels Jesus' life. Every major event in Samson's life that's in Judges 13 through 16 
parallel something Jesus did for us. Amen. This is powerful. You see, what the devil wants you to do is get you focused on sin so you don't see Jesus. If you get focused on sin, you won't see Jesus. You'll get a legalized Christianity that will ruin your life, just ruin your joy, ruin you every, every, every way it can be possibly ruined. But there are eight things I want to read to you here that I found that, that Jesus' life and uh, Samson's life and what it does for us. Here's what it does for us first. The new birth is supernatural. It gives you a supernatural new birth. Secondly, you have authority to win in life. Thirdly, God's word is just as powerful in your mouth as it is in his. Number four, you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Number five, your authority for evangelizing is the power of the Holy Ghost. Number six, the baptism of the spirit is a fountain of, of words speaking in tongues. Got one amen out of that. (laughs) <laughs> Two. <laughs> Number seven, the church has the advantage. It's on offense. Number eight, your deliverance from death is already won. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Let's look at Samson's birth. Judges chapter three and verse two. Miss Anne, would you read that for me? In verse two and three. Judges 13. Only that... And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren, and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. Verse 5. For lo, thou shalt conceive, and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For this child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Read verse 7. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine or strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. All right. This says Samson was special. Very special. He was not an ordinary man, not, an ordinary, not, not going to be an ordinary baby, because his mother had the same vow on her that he had on him. God put this vow on him. Remember, remember, Samson did not take this vow. He did not make this vow himself. God made it for him. Okay? Turn to Luke chapter 1, Miss Anne. Luke chapter 1, verse, starting at verse 26. See how similar this sounds to to the announcement of Jesus' birth. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Favor there is the word charis, which means unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. Verse 71. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Skip down to verse 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Amen. Let's stop right there. The new birth is a supernatural occurrence, but anybody can have it. Right. You can have a supernatural experience where you're born anew on the inside. How many of you ever had that, that experience? Amen. Born brand new inside, made all new inside, and then everything that is, was old has passed away. Everything has become new. It's supernatural. Miss Ann says, said she used to have dreams about me. I said, That's, you're not the first girl that dreamed about me. <laughs> anyway, she had dreams about me. She said, I could always tell if you were saved or not. There was a look in your eye. Something in your eye that told me you were saved or not in my dream. 
the eyes of the windows of the soul. I had a real change. I just changed. I couldn't. I couldn't define it when I got saved. I couldn't define it. I couldn't tell you why it changed, but I was just changed. I was different. Everything started looking different for me. I didn't hate the people I used to hate. One one big thing was uh, I wanted to talk to the people that I used to hate and tell them about Jesus, and I did. Yeah. I got so saved, I lost all my friends. Yeah. Listen to me, you get saved enough, you you won't have to run them off. They'll leave. Yeah. They'll just leave. Yeah. Amen. Or they'll get saved them, themselves. Some of my friends did get saved. A lot of them did get saved in the later years. But I was the reason most of them were running from God because I was sort of rebellious myself. But this new birth came upon me without me even looking for it. God just brought it to me. It's a powerful thing. I'm supernaturally saved because I had a supernatural God who, who supernaturally encountered me. You can be saved today. If you're not saved today, you can be saved today and have a supernatural experience just like I had. You change your whole life. You, have, you, you stop trying to be, be good. You'll be good. That's what's wrong with the world. They're always trying to be good, but they're, but they're not good. You understand? There's a difference in being good and trying to be good. Be made good instead of trying to do good all the time. Amen. Supernatural. Let's, let's go back to Samson's life. Back in Samson chapter 14 now, verse 1 and 2. Read that, Miss Anne. And Samson went down to Timnath. Now, Timnath is an interesting word. It means image or figure. So he's telling us here, this has, this has an image of something else. It's a figure of something else. It's what this word Timnath means. Okay, read on. And saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistine. See, all religion sees him, him messing around with the girls he shouldn't mess around with. It's all religion ever sees in this. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Judges 14, 3 now. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. He don't. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Did the Bible say that it was God's will for Samson to marry this Gentile? Yep. Yes, it did. Wow. It said it right there, right there. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. They just miss it. Yeah. He don't. Then Samson went down and his father and mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. See, that means something else. If Timnath means something else, this girl means something else. Read on. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. Tore that and he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. Let's look at the Christ comparison. Acts 10.38 How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for See, God I, was with him. I believe Jesus saw uh, mankind on the earth in desperate need. Yes. Now, there must have been some angels in heaven saying, no, that's not right. It's not right that the Son of God become a man, a stinky man. Like, look, look, like, look like sinful flesh. It's not right, but he did it anyway. Okay. Read, read Matthew 4, 1, Miss Anne. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. More about Jesus. Then Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Tempted by who? The devil. And he was led by what? The Spirit. The Spirit. To be tested by the devil. Oh. You know. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. Now he's hungry, been fasting, now he's going to be tempted of the devil, and knows the Spirit of God is taking him there. You ever had the Holy Ghost take you someplace you didn't want to go? Yeah. I have. Texas. 
One time, Miss Ann and I we came home from church. We had church, good church service. It was wonderful. I remember it being so powerful that day. We were out to eat with, with some of the, the folks from the church. We got, we got a call from uh, our son. Eric got home after he was gone to eat. He, we, we ate a better restaurant than he did. <laughs> His was a drive-thru, I think. He got home and somebody was breaking into our house. Had broken into our house. He caught him in the act in the house. They stole him Ann's jewelry. They tried to steal my television, but they got caught. Just, just as Eric was walking in there, and my my CD player and all that, they they threw that down and ran out. But they took my remote control. I'll never forget over it. <laughs> What they took the most of was Anne's jewelry. That's all. Uh, anything worth anything in the house is always what, what my wife's, you know, just in case you're wondering. It's a couple of guns, maybe. That's what it should be, I guess. That's the way it is. And it was heartbreaking because some of this was old jewelry that had come from her grandmother and different ones. She didn't, she didn't cry over it. She walked out. Eric said she, he ran that way and down the alley and back down north of our house. So Ann walked out there as far as she could, pointed down the alley. said, okay, devil, I don't know who the man was that took this, but I know you were behind it. Yeah. I apprehend you today. You've been apprehended as the, the, the thief. You're going to return it to me sevenfold. You understand? Sevenfold. And bring it back to me. Well... The time went by, and I got a call in my office one day, about a month or two after this. About a month or two after this, she said, John, come home. you got to see this that I just got. Uh, what is it? She said, i got a whole bunch of stuff. She said, come see this. Look at this. She said, it's my return on my lost jewelry. I said, what? She said, come look, look, look. So I got home. There's a television. He didn't steal my television. But there was a television there with a remote control. <laughs> so I got a television and a remote control for for just because he told me, stole my remote. There was a microwave oven there. All new stuff. I mean, all nearly new stuff. Dresses. All kinds of stuff. It was just full of stuff. And you know what? She, I walked in the house. She, she was, had her little head down in a box. She sitting on a chair, had her head down in a box, just, just, just doing this. <laughs> There's like the three stooges, you know. She's just, just coming out. The thing was full of good, good stuff. I, she said, "Look through that box over there." So I went, started looking through that box. Reached in there, found this little baggie, little baggie, full of gold and diamonds.
It was real. We got figuring it up. It was about seven times what she lost. And she found, she found, tell them what you found. John and I were out of town on a ministry trip, and I got a call from Jennifer. And she said, Mama, Mama, you're not going to believe it. I was taking the trash to the alley, and I found your little green velvet box with your grandmother's rings in them. Amen. She got all that back to you. Amen. You have authority to win in life. You have authority to win in life. You don't have to lay down and let the devil run over you. You can say what you want, and he has to back down. He has to pay back seven times, like the Bible says. Amen. Amen. Let's read from Samson again, verse 7, chapter 14. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. What? And he took therefore in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. But he told not that he had taken that honey out of the carcass of the lion. All right. Christ's comparison, I wanted to give you from Psalms 19. Psalm 19.3. I believe this to be a prophetic utterance of the of Christ. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Is that it? That's it. You don't. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. There we are, the bridegroom. And rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. He is going forth. His going forth is from the end of heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter Sweeter also than than honey and the honeycomb. honeycomb. In verse 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. All right. I believe his honey in the honeycomb is a parallel to the honey and the lion. God's word is just as powerful in your mouth. Yeah. Samson was talk, t- teaching us that there's a, when you have a battle, the, 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 the thing that you can hold on to in your battles is the word of God. It will sustain, sustain you and it will bring forth a, something sweet to remember it by. It becomes the word of God to, for you. you. You tell people about your battles, don't you? Especially the ones you win, that's that's part of your testimony. It becomes the word of God for you. And it's sweet because you win, glory to God. It's so sweet. Sweet victories. Any free Americans in this house today? Any any Americans how many of you are Americans? Everybody. How many of you are free? How much do you know you're free? Did the president call you this morning and tell you, I just wanted to call you up and tell you you're free? Did you hear Trump's voice this morning reminding you? Did the House of Representatives, anybody from the House of Representatives call you? James Lankford call you? Did your governor call you? Uh, Senator, anybody like that call you? How do you know you're free? How do you know in the night that the, Mexico didn't, the Mexicans didn't just say, we're, we're, we're tired of this, we're going to just take over? And rush the fences down there. How do you know that didn't happen? You're so you're so free. How do you know Canada, Russia didn't didn't just, just, just decided they were going to take back over Alaska? 
How do you know Canada? Well, forget that. That won't work. Canada's not going to fight. Nobody. But how do you know? You know because you have documents. You have documents that say you're free. They're holy documents to us, Americans. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution say we're free. You have the Word of God saying you're free today. You have God's Word on it. If it's God's Word on it, it's your Word. And it's, it's powerful when you say it. It's just as powerful in your mouth as it is in God's, even more so, because, listen to me, God said to Abraham, you're going you're gonna to have, have a son. 24 years, he said, you're going to have a son. 24 years. God said it 24 years, and nothing happened. Nothing happened. He said it the first time when he was 76 years old. Abraham was 76 years old when he first said it. Not have, did not have that son until he was 100 years old. 24 years, God saying nothing happened. But when Abraham said it, Three months that woman got pregnant. Abraham changed his name. God changed his name to Abraham instead of just Abraham, instead of Abram. That changed everything. Just because you have promises in that Bible of yours does not mean that they're going to happen. You have to say it yourself. Get that word in your mouth and say it, just like Frank told us this morning. Amen. Free Americans are free because we say we're free. We're not free because, our, because England said we could be free. We're not free because our, because our government says we're free. Your government never wants you to be free. You have to make up your mind to be free. Listen, all slavery is voluntary. All slavery is voluntary. Everybody's ever been a slave did it voluntarily. Because you can not be a slave if you, if you have this in your mind, if you have this in your heart. Give me liberty or give me death. They cannot make you serve them as a slave if you're willing to die. Amen. Amen. Come on, that's good preaching right there. You have a choice in life. Don't, 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 don't surrender to slavery for, for, from anyone. Amen. I'll, I'll lead you with guns if I have to. Let's look, let's look at Samson's riddles a little bit. Judges 14.14. 14. And he said unto to them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. Well, wow, they couldn't do it in seven days. But they plowed with his, they plowed with his, with his heifer, he said, yeah. and found out his secret. Now look at Jesus. Let's compare this to Jesus. Matthew 13, 30, 34. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. Our riddles. And without a parable spake he not unto them. That it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. I didn't put this verse in here, but Jesus said the reason he did this was so that you could remember them, although others were, were going to be blinded by him. Right. So he told stories. So the religious world could not understand them, but his disciples would remember them forever and write them, back, write them down and tell us about them. Amen. So you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yeah. You have the spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand the secrets of God. Yeah. Amen. God likes to, you like telling a secret. Tell me, if you have a secret, you like telling that secret. I do. <laughs> I love it. If I find somebody I can tell a secret to, I love telling secrets. That's what I love about pre preaching, finding these things in the Word of God, sharing them with my friends, my family, my church. I love telling secrets. That's why I dig, in deep, dig deep in the Word to, to get secrets from God to share with you. See what I mean? I think that's part of the reason why you keep coming. Is that why you keep coming? Yeah. Like, like, like the secrets. Like the secret things of God. It's God's will for us to know what He, what he wants, what he, what he loves, what He's really saying beneath the surface. Yeah. Ms. Ann whispers to me sometimes secrets in the night. As far as I'm going to go right there. <laughs> I really like it, though. <laughs> Let's look at Samson and the foxes and the fire in the fields. 
Judges 15, verse 3. And Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. Yeah. He said, I'm going to do something that looks rotten on the outside, but it's really righteousness. Verse 4. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between the two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. Mm. Then the Philistines... Hang on. He burned down their harvest. Burned down their harvest, what he did. Set it on fire. Read Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, verse 1 and 2. We're comparing this to Christ now. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Two by two foxes. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Where do you send these these laborers? Into, Into the harvest. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Verse 17 now. Skip down. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject (laughs) unto us through thy name. Amen. Amen. Verse 18 and 19. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all All the power of the enemy. Of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What a word. Yeah. Your authority for evangelizing the evangelizing is the power of the Holy Spirit. Your authority for evangelizing is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You shall receive power after the, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. It's a promise. You have power to evangelize the world through the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus sent them out two by two. The foxes were sent out two by two into the harvest. Now, in the Old Covenant, it, it means loss. In the New Covenant, it means gain. Amen. The Old Covenant, it meant loss for them. It meant loss for the enemy. But what it meant for us is to turn around. The, the enemy becomes the, the, the enemy becomes our family. You got that? The Philistines were, 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 were God's family, were, were able to be God's family just like, just like anybody else was. But Samson was not evangelist. He was a he was he was a warrior, but that in in the spirit you bring that in the new New Testament you're talking about you're talking about fighting spirits, not men. We don't fight men; we fight spirits. You got that? We war against the spiritual condition of the world. I went into the lost. Your authority for evangelizing is the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, Miss Anne, read read a little bit more. Judges fifteen seventeen. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramalehi. Say it again. Ramalehi. Ramalehi. And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised but God clave an hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof. In Hekor. In Hekor. There you go. Which is in Lehi unto this day. Okay, listen to this. In Hekor means fountain of one calling. A fountain of one calling. Okay. He knew he, he was called of God. Samson knew he was called of God. Not to die, not to, not to die before his enemies, but to live. So the fountain came forth and he said, God called me and he sustains me. If God calls you, he's going to sustain you, people. When right. God calls you to do something, he's going to sustain you. You feel like God tells you to do something, you do it because he is going to provide. He will provide, he'll sustain you. 
He never had to fear God running out on his promise or putting you out there to do something and run off and leave you. He's not going to do that. He will never do that. Amen. Let's read the Christ comparison here. John chapter 7. 37. 38 and 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they had believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, the baptism in the Spirit is a fountain of words. A fountain of words, which means you're talking about speaking in tongues. A fountain is going to come forth out of you, out of your belly, he prophesied, when you get Spirit-filled. Amen, that's good news. And it's, it has to do with words. Words, a language, a language you never learned before. I know not everybody in this church speaks in tongues, but everybody's going to get to one day. Amen. It's your right to speak in tongues. It's your right to have the Holy Ghost in your life. Yes. In this kind of way. This strong way. You, you may know that already. If you don't know that already, you can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Frank tells me he got the baptism because Gay got it. Amen. I got it because Ann got it. Any of you guys get it because your wife had it? Yeah, the, the women seem to be more sensitive to this kind of thing. But the baptism of the Spirit is a fountain of words. You know, John said, I indeed baptize with water, but he that comes after me shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You know, on the day of Pentecost, you see fire on their heads, don't you? What's the, what fire, what's the fire then? The tongues, the languages. Fire on their heads meant language, words. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah, but that do. Hey, better, 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 better. <laughs> Let's turn it back to Samson, Judges sixteen one. I'm trying to get through this today because it's really thick. Judges 16, 1. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there an harlot and went in unto her. And it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson is come hither, and they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning when it is day we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts, and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders, and carried them to the, up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. Wow. Think of that. They thought they had him. They thought they had him. Religion said, now you sin so badly, God won't even help you now. Except for the heart of last night. He's, he's going to lose his power for sure now. Nope. Nope, didn't. Let's look at verse 16 of Matthew 16, 18. Matthew 16, 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall, the gates of what? Hell shall not prevail against it. You see this? They, they closed the gate to keep Samson in, in there with his sin. They, they close the gate to keep him in there with his sin. But Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Amen. 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 You're not locked in with your sin anymore. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Gates are, gates are defensive. They can't, they can't charge the church with anything. Amen. Amen. The gates are defensive. The church is on offense. You have the advantage because the church is on offense. Amen. You're on offense. You have all the offensive weapons way to win. Amen. The church has the advantage because you have the advantage because the church is on offense. The gates are defensive. 
trying to keep him in, trying to hold him in to his sin, not locked into his sin, but the gates of hell cannot do that for you. He cannot stand against you. If you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Amen. You have, you have somebody to talk to about it. You can talk to him through the gates. Gates can't keep your voice down. Amen. Go back one more time. Samson, Judges sixteen twenty one. They finally, they finally, they finally get his riddle. Figure him out. Delilah betrays him, of course. And he uh, tells her his riddle, his, his, his the truth of his strength. You know, you see Samson's pictures. He's always got big muscles, doesn't he? Israel, stand up. That's Samson right there. That's Samson right there. Amen. That's Samson right there. We got Samson right here amongst us. Amen. They couldn't figure out how he got, had that strength. If he had big muscles, they'd know how he was strong. He did not have big muscles. He just looked normal. I'm saying you're normal. He looked like a normal guy. Stand up over here, brother. Yeah. He didn't look like that. He did not look like that. Amen. Here's verse 21, now, Miss Anne. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the Lord of the Phil- lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their god, and to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands, our enemy, and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. You had not seen nothing yet. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may fill the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And thereupon the roof, about three hundred men and women, that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me. I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Amen. It's up right there. I think you know where this goes. Look at Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, he, Jesus, likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Let's stop right there. How did Jesus deliver us from death? By dying. Through death he delivered those who who had the fear of death in us all, all all our lives. Your deliverance from death is already accomplished. Your deliverance from death is already accomplished. Amen. It's already over. You never have to be afraid to die because you'll never die again. Yeah. It's not death. Death to a Christian looks like this. looks like a blink of the eye. Yeah. Close your eyes, open them, you're in heaven. Yeah. That's all it says. The sting of death is, is not knowing where you're going, 
how long you're going to be there or anything like that. But our sting has been taken out because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He went to hell and rose again the third day. This, this means that he took away our sin. They took away the effects of our sin, too. Yes. Yes. Took away the guilt, the, the shame, and everything, the, the separation from God. Everything that, that sin brought in was, was taken to hell with Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. He could not have died if he had not been, really been made sin. He had to be guilty of sin. Yeah. God had to accuse him of sin, had to execute him for his sin. God had to charge Jesus with every sin that we, we committed so that he could really die. Because yeah. wages of sin is death, he would not have died if he had not been considered to be a sinner by, by God. Although he himself never sinned, never sinned once, but he was charged with sin, accounted, accounted as sin himself. Amen. Yeah. So we can be free from that. So that, that way he took it to hell with him. So there's no, no need for you to be begging God for, for sin, sin relief. Yeah. Just talk to Jesus about it. Amen. Okay? You have an advocate with the Father. Your deliverance from death is already accomplished. Turn to First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. I love this. And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Wow. He delivered us from the wrath. We, we've been delivered already from what's coming. You're already now. If you die and go to hell, you are never delivered from what's coming. Right. Either you are now or you're not. You got that? Yeah. You see, if uh, you had a man standing on, if you're standing on the side of a street, and Greg's coming with his big truck down the down the road, and you got a little little girl in your hand with a little frilly dress on, little little six year old here four-year-old, let's say. Her mama's across the street and she wants to get to her mama. She squirms away from you and gets out, runs out there in front of that truck. If you reach out there and grab her and pull her back, she was saved from the wrath that was coming. Okay, but if you reach out there and grab her, pull her back, and she wiggles away from you and gets out there again, and gets killed by the truck, she did, you weren't. She you tried to save her, but you didn't save her. The Bible did not say Jesus tried to save her, save us. Said so He delivered us already, already delivered from. from amen. The moment you believe in Christ, you become you become a new creature in Christ. You'll never lose that. You'll never lose that ever, ever, ever. Amen. That's good news to a Pentecostal boy. I was taught something way different from that. Amen. You have been delivered. Not going to be. You have been already. Your deliverance from death is already accomplished. Amen. Let's, let's recap. Let's see what we got out of all this. The story of Samson and Jesus. Paralleling what Samson did. What Jesus fulfilled and bought and paid for us. You get the new wine. The, the new birth is supernatural. You get a supernatural new birth. You have authority to win in life. God's word is just as powerful as your mouth. In your mouth, yes. you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Your authority for evangelizing is the power of the Holy Ghost. That's setting the fields on fire. The baptism of the Spirit is a fountain of words speaking in tongues. The church has the advantage its own offense. And finally, your deliverance from death is already won. Your deliverance is already won. It's over. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, dear, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for how you brought us out of darkness and in, put us into your marvel, marvelous light. Thank you, Father, dear, that the new birth is supernatural and anybody can have it that wants it today. I believe the gospel is true. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Everyone who believes that can be saved today. Thank you for this, Father. Thank you that we have authority to win in life. You did not just set us down here to get muddled by. You gave us authority to win in, in life. Your word is powerful in our mouth. We have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We have authority over sin, sickness, and disease, and the authority to win people to Christ. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Your heads bowed just for a moment. Let me ask you something. Is there a time you can look back on and say, I know I was saved that day. I know I was saved. If you have that, raise your hand, would you? If you have a time you look back on and you say, I know I was saved then. Okay, not everybody here raised their hand. So if you don't know that, if you don't have a time, this can be your time. Today can be your time. This today is your day. Say, I'm, I believe in Jesus. I want this salvation. I need to be saved today. If you could not raise your hand earlier, you can raise it now. Would you like to be saved today? Raise your hand up. I pray for you. And you can come into God's family today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray together. Everybody together. For the sake of these that raise their hands. Dear God in heaven. Dear God in heaven. I come to you. I come to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I fully give you my heart. I fully give you my heart. Come into my life. Come into my life. Make me new, Jesus. Make me new, Jesus. Like only you can do. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you were buried and you rose again the third day. Just like the Bible says. I believe it's all true. I believe I'm going to live forever now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Listen to me. If you, if you pray that prayer in your minute, once you look at me, this means every nasty, dirty, rotten thing you ever did, every two-tongued, Double, double tongue, two faced, hackneyed thing you ever did, ever said, just went away. Just went away. You're brand new right now. One day we'll all be in heaven together. We'll all be there together. Now <laughs> come find you. We'll talk about what happened this day. Yes. Rejoice together, okay? Yes. Is that good? Yes. Amen. I love you all very much. Yes, Amen. Amen. Heaven is rejoicing. It yes. says when everyone gets saved, the angels shout. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Aren't you thankful?